Is there a line of students out your door not realizing you don't use your office? <laughs> no, no, they know this. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm Jeff. And, and we're, we're here with drink. Jeff Well. I guess North Carolina doesn't really have the interwebs anymore. Sweet. North Carolina banned the internet. Hey. What's up? <sighs> Quite a journey I went on there. <laughs> you have to be so dramatic? or I installed uh, Windows 10 on this computer, and that was an awful decision. It has not been the same since then. Uh, when we asked Jeff Lail to come join us, we are like, well, we hate technology, so we won't talk about it. Only the fact that we hate technology, so there you go. Which is, which is ironic that we all started hanging out on a technology podcast. <laughs> That's what it does to you. Life does weird things. Jeff, what are you doing these days? Jeff Lale? I've been working with student groups for about three plus years now, but um, okay. getting ready to transition to a new role working in the main student affairs office, doing uh, a new... Spanking new co-curricular transcripts. Ooh, that's a hot so, trend these days. I sent a really good article because we said we didn't want to talk about tech, and I liked the one quote in it because this is this is essentially what I'm doing. I'm studying practitioners in the field of higher ed. So anyone that's not a faculty, um, how they use social media and digital tools, and how they work, live, and if it's changing. And the quote in the article said, "Social media has completely shaped the brains of younger people I work with." And maybe it's the social or the tools or the digital, but it's definitely changed the way people work and interact. And even yeah. at um, conferences where people are trying to like interview and meet people and they're like, oh, you're so-and-so. And you." And my intro said I was at Miami at university one time. Like, oh, I applied there and I didn't. And someone just stopped talking to me like, oh, I don't work there now. That was 10 years. They're like, oh, turn, walk away. I'm like, <laughs> for fuck's sake. So I have some like politeness like oh nice to meet you just i don't care be fake about it but no no not anymore well um part of the reason i sent you that article i was my wife and i were talking about this uh, we went to see stevie nicks oh, like nice. two weeks ago wow. and we were laughing because um we feel like we're surrounded by people that are constantly on their phones yeah and I just don't think we understand what an addiction and what a uh, inhibitor of being a person <laughs> that has become. Right. Um, so, you know, she's doing landslide and we look around, everybody is doing this, like Jeff's holding their phone up. I, I was going to narrate. Okay, good, um, good. <laughs> they were holding their phones up and watching their phones and I'm like, it's like you're watching this concert on a tiny TV when you paid to be here. How weird is that? And the, yeah. the young lady in front of me was on Facebook Live. So she's literally live streaming the concert for people who didn't pay to go there while she's doing the song she probably paid to be there for. What? <laughs> so so is, is the psychology behind that like just an addiction or is it like look at where I am that you're not here also? Like, is that part of it? Like, you're adding to your highlight reel? I'm not sure, but, like, 
y'all y'all are old like me that uh, we remember a world where this stuff wasn't available. Like, there's a sort of change that's gone on in people's brains that I don't like. I don't know if it's the addiction to getting those little, I don't know, on Facebook Live, it's the hearts that pop up, mm-hmm. um, to getting those little hearts or the likes. Um, but I don't really understand wanting to receive that affirmation so badly that you're not, you were willing to pay for the experience. So is that maximizing the experience that you're having? And, you know, I have this experience all the time with people where we're like out at a bar or something and there's a lull in conversation and literally every person at the table picks up their phone and starts doing, you know, tapping their fingers on the screen. And I'm like, well, it's funny. In, in the musicians who actually want people to have community at a concert or like if you go to events and they, they actually mock some of the audience, like quick, quick, get a couple <laughs> pictures. Now let's put them away because it's disruptive and distractive because it is distractive for you, right? For you and your wife yeah. that were there were like, what the hell do I want to see your little screen up there for? Quite literally, they were holding the screen in front of my viewing space. <laughs> so you just slapped it out of their hands. You're like, don't do that. Pay attention. <laughs> and then I'm in an altercation, and then I'm arrested, and then I miss the rest of the show. Right, exactly. Um, it's exactly. a real downward spiral for everybody. Um, when we go out to eat, so when you started thinking about, like, I couldn't think of what that person's name is, we said, let's stop Googling things. Like, we have to use those, like, little dust off the cobwebs in the head and then use our brains to think about things. And so, like, we literally put the phone somewhere, and, like, Anyone who touches their phone pays for whatever. And I have friends who like to drink a lot, so that bill's going to go up there if you if you uh, feel like you're going to grab that phone anytime. So, so y'all do a penalty if people pick up the phone. For the most part, we don't have that. Like most of our friends won't. Like I don't hang out with a bunch of people that are really concerned about what they're doing and where they're posting all the time. But I we do make a point with like a couple other people join the group that we know they're kind of. Yeah, addicted to phones, so putting things are picking it up, and we said, let's just leave it there. Yeah, and we we used to joke there'd be a penalty, but we're like, no, there should be. Some people do do that, though. I I try not, I don't really post that much anymore, and I post in spurts. Like, if I'm in a post, I typically will have, have several posts in that hour that I'm paying attention to the right. world, but as little as I use my phone for for like connectivity, I will naturally, if I'm going to go like, if I'm walking down a hallway or in a meeting, I I will naturally pick it up and hit the home screen. Like it's just become like a, just a habit that I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I may open email, realize there's no email, close it. And then I flip through some things really fast and put it and put it down. But it's just like such a habit. And honestly, I don't really care if I have a message or notification or not. But still, and as much as I want to say I don't care about it, I still have the habit of looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to turn off my phone and leave my phone. Like, I actually don't check a lot of things in the morning anymore because I'm more productive if I actually don't check email, text, anything. I just leave stuff. And so when you said, you're like, oh, I work at home. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to. But most people do go to their office, turn on their laptop desktop open email fire up all these uh social whatever streams and their text i don't do that so i just grab my laptop and write somewhere or go to do some coding or i don't know like i have more analog books like the virtual self <laughs> that we're talking about right now all over data i'm everywhere. just tickled at you calling that an analog an book analog book <laughs> exactly you're welcome you're very a welcome book. 
It's my actual hard copy book. But I don't know if it's like, so this book talks about self-tracking the world around us. And do people do it to track their behaviors, to do like brags about self or like fitting because other people are doing it? I don't know. Well, I, I recognize there's some element of old man yelling at cloud here, but yeah. um, <laughs> I think one of the, the breaking points for me was this election year. And just in case anyone's wondering, this podcast is strictly nonpartisan. Um, but I was disturbed watching both the results and watching um, the turmoil um, on both sides of the aisle. Um 60 Minutes chronicled some of this this week, actually, with uh, Mike Cernovich, um, who has manipulated the space that these people exist in and their uh, constant need for access to push stuff like Pizzagate, right. which almost got people killed. Um, then, like, relatives and family members and the way they use these accounts, I'm like, is this okay? Is this good? Um and I, I guess, like, I that's that's the space I've been living in for probably six months is like, and I'm Jeff. I'm just as addicted as what you were talking about, where yeah. you know, I hear it buzz and I've got to pick it up and see what it is, or like I don't want to turn off my notifications. But um, I think it's just <laughs> I don't. I'm still workshopping this analogy, so I may be way off here. But like, I posted on Tumblr that like. I feel like social media was like a bear that our, we opened the door to our apartment or house and we were like, Oh, a cute doggy. Maybe it wants to come in, <laughs> let the dog come in. And then six months later you found the dog was actually a bear and it's like destroying your house and you can't stop it. Um, and like, I think if you go back and listen to some of our podcasts, cause I thought of you guys when we were talking about this, yeah. um, talking about like, particularly I think Laura about like all this optimism of the good things that social media could do for the world. And I don't think any of us feel that way now. No. Someone no. told me in a session that I was very neutral on the topic of social media. And he goes almost, <laughs> he's like, you're the first non-liberal to talk about it. Jeff Jackson. Cause we had a conversation about politics last pot, a couple podcasts ago. Uh, what's that even mean? Uh, it means that I was like, we need to be scared. Like I was kind of like, we don't know where privacy is going. Who has our data? Like I did like this other opposite <laughs> oh, yeah. thing. And so this gentleman who's lovely, he's actually ironic. He's from Canada, but lives in uh, Michigan. And I said, hey, we're looking to talk to some right side of the house folks because um, I, I, I don't know if my views are totally that, but I think I have questions about what we were yeah, optimistic about or hoped for um, because they're going to people who aren't thinking about that in Silicon Valley and other developers and other places. Yeah. Well, I think that article I sent y'all touches on that, that like those people have incentive to make us addicted to these things. And so it do, they're really contra neutral. They just want you on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share that with our show notes because it's a really good, it is a good article to talk about. Like, is this another, this is another state of addiction. It is yeah. in the psychology DS, DSM, DSVM. Yeah. It's in there as well. DSM. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeff, I've I've totally thought about like our previous podcasts about that because I think part of it is like student affairs is falling over itself for social media now, and not to say there's not good things of it, and there's not there's not engagement opportunities from it, and there's not all these things you can learn from it, but 
there's all these things like we're not doing, right? Like we're not like, are we like mining the data for sentiment analysis, you know, like from like students on your campus and your campus hashtags, or is it basically just like, there's a student complaining about the food in the cafeteria. Let's like make sure there are students. Okay. Or, you know, like that, like that's like customer service. Like that's fine. Like we should, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. That, that that's fine. But also like we looked at student affair, like we looked at social media as if that's the exact same thing as technology. Like if you have a, if you have a, for, when we talk about technology competencies, we want you to know how to tweet or know how to, or know how to snap face or whatever it is that, whatever it is the kids are doing these days. Right. When that's like a very small portion yep. of, of like, I want you to like know how to do pivot tables and know how to like do a sur- like a survey on Qualtrics or like, there's like so many more things, you know, know how to do for technology. Like that's like a, such a small thing. So um, one of the things that has I've been thinking about a lot lately and have continued to think about since I saw it in like 2007, and I'm curious for Laura's opinion on this, but um, Clay Shirky gave a talk, a, a TED talk, and I think it was 07, and it was just, he touched on like Tumblr and meetup groups. It was like very early in the social media area, and he was comparing it to the printing press and alleged that there would be 50 years of societal chaos because of these technologies, because it's like once the floodgates are open. And I I thought one of the really (laughs) interesting things he did in there was he went through some good and bad things that happened on there. So, and this is again, very early in social media, but he talked about um, working mothers being able to connect with each other via social media and form meetup groups. Awesome. Right? Like that's a really important thing. And so that it can be very isolating and then they were talking about, um, I think it's Thinspo. Does this sound right to y'all? Thinspo? It's like women that um, were connecting over Tumblr to talk about keeping up their eating disorders, Ugh. which is horrific. Yeah. But he's like, these technologies are content neutral. And he's like, you open the door, you're going to get the good stuff and the awful stuff. And he's like, we don't really know where this ends. Um, but he's like, it, there's no cha- no, no reason to guess that it hasn't upended what our society will be and what it, uh, or is and will be. Um, so it's funny. So I, my podcast recommendations for people at both student affairs conference, cause people were like, read this book. Like we're on these panels for, um, is a kind of a collaborated book called engaging the digital generation. And I said, and it was kind of focused for students, but also practitioners and, Whatnot, and I said, well, we need to be more informed of what's out there. The technology, I don't think the technology platforms and apps and things we use are neutral because they're making decisions on what we see. There's logarithms behind it. Um, search is not the same for everyone, right? So if you're using like the basic Google, and we we talked about this with our Chris on the last podcast, and we said uh, you could use Bing and find other things that you wouldn't find on Google, and people yeah. do use Bing. Jeff Jackson, you were wrong. And, don't believe it. Yeah, it's there. I fact-checked it. <laughs> I don't think it even exists. <laughs> um, but there was a podcast. The Note to Self one had um, the privacy paradox I talked about. But in the last bonus one, I think it's um, – is it Neil Patel who is part of the Silicon Valley? He created Sprouts. He actually decided not to be part of um, developing things. He just developed things and he wrote about it. He said, this is amazing. And he's kind of like – we're not asking what we're being asked to develop or how to 
um, maybe filter for people, whether it's by race or gender or socioeconomic status. And he kind of back backed into a corner with others in the tech solidarity movement in Silicon Valley said, we're not going to build a Muslim registry. We're not going to like, there's things that right. some of these systems do and the information they collect that we agree to openly. And he's like, we should not be, or we should be considering a bit more. So um, Clay Shirky's talk actually it was 2009. Cause I was like, I was trying to think about when that talk was too, but it was really early in social media. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like it can make history. And I think some of the tools we use, and Twitter hasn't fully instituted their logarithm yet, but that's going to shape what people see. And it's not like an open democratic platform or anyone. It's you'll no. see what you see based on your likes and preferences and everything else. Jeff, to your point, though, um, I think you are absolutely correct in a higher ed context that social media is what people have come to view as tech. Um, but really, it isn't a tech competency about just learning to maximize your utility with regards to this computer or this device, even if that means throwing it in the woods every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> we also assume that this, we, also, we assume that every student's on this platform or a platform. Yeah. And every student uses it often and, and the students want to interact with their campus on it. Right. So students can be on a platform and not want to have any relationship with their professors or or their campus on the platform. Like that's a place for them and their friends and their whatever hashtags they want to follow on there. So like, so like, like, I don't know if that should be a, like a bar or a requirement to go interact in that public way in that public forum on there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't make them go to a protest and protest something. You know, I don't, I got, I don't make them like go do these like, these public, these like actual public spaces, but we're making them do it like a digital, a digital way. When there are issues of safety and there are issues yeah. of, um, you know, discrimination did, did they get easily face on those, those sides, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Well, and you, you make a good point that I think a lot of, um, that sort of technology competency building around social media has ignored those significant downsides. Yeah. And if we're encouraging people to jump on these platforms, when there's already plenty of encouragement to jump on those platforms from peers, from, yeah. um, commercials from, I mean, TVs are putting, TV shows put out hashtags for you to follow. Um, uh, we don't need to be necessarily encouraging this. We need to be talking about, and I know Eric Stoller has talked about this a lot for years, um, how to use these technologies responsibly, um, mm -hmm. how to develop a competency without necessarily becoming an addict. Um, putting down... <laughs> I think we will see an iteration of um, these sort of adulting classes that you're seeing, which makes me a gag a little bit. But right. um, I was pissed the, that we didn't develop them first. Damn it! Around around how to be a person, right? Like, yeah. How do you talk to people? Um, what do you do if you're bored? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I do think that just watching the way just peers of mine and people younger than them interact. Um, I think there is going to be some need for people to think about like um, what, A, how do we deal with the addiction that we've uh, gotten ourselves into and B, how do we um, allow a space for people to experience these conversations that can be so scary 
Um, because to be honest with you, I think for a lot of people, this is such a crutch that, and I'm waving my phone around. I guess I should say yeah. that I, we're on video and I keep forgetting that y'all, <laughs> the listeners wouldn't be, but, um, that this these phones have become such a crutch that boredom and small talk has become terrifying. Or like that's so, the other so side he, of it that is more hurtful is they think what they do online doesn't really matter as much, and what they in, in online is not real in real life. So they're kind of assholes, yeah. or they start um, doing abusive things, or they start trolling people, or. They start saying things they wouldn't say. Like if you ask them to say a tweet they said, like to cut that was cutting someone up or throwing some shade, they wouldn't. They're like, uh, "Well, that was online." So, and I've heard practitioners yeah. say this. What What did you think about the uh, piece in that article where they were saying that uh, somebody, I think it was a counselor and a, and someone they were counseling, and they were saying that this person was talking about a conversation. And then come to find out that conversation had not occurred as a conversation. It was on a digital technology where there was text conversation. Um, that was a little mind-boggling to me. People see it's that. One, That's, they see that as a conversation. That, like, I don't need to call you. I can text you. That's our conversation. Well, and I, I think I understand and empathize with that just a little bit, but the idea that people sitting in front of you would be less important than the people on your digital device, which is what I see happening yeah. is, is disturbing to me um, because there's a depth that you miss out on there. And I, yeah, I just wonder, you know, and I don't know how old y'all are exactly. I'm 35. So I remember a period where, these were almost useless <laughs> for other right. than like emergency calls, actual um, phone calls. Right. So yeah. I graduated from college before Facebook became a thing. Um, I didn't have a text plan until like 2005 or six <laughs> that I was allowed to use without getting yelled at by my mom. Yeah. Um, and so I remember existing in a space where we like talked to each other and made fun of each other in face to face and we like, um, you know, we were bored sometimes and we would figure out how to not be bored together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know that people who are in our traditional age students right now have any idea what that feels like. And that's, I, I don't know, I just can't keep, stop thinking about that now that it's like once you see it, you start seeing it everywhere kind of thing. Have, have you thought about ditching your smartphone? Yes. yes. So the Nokia just put out their like is it the thirty three ten? Yeah, the original like they one. Released, yeah, they re released like the original I actually like, used to have that phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it never broke either. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it cost two hundred dollars and it lasted forever. If you and if you still had that phone, it would still work. Like it's it's indestructible. <laughs> I need to go dig around my parents' house to that's still in my drawer somewhere. Well that's why they're making I, a comeback is because we always are upgrading to the next thing, which this article talked about, like what's the next addiction, the next tool, like how disposable our tech is and, and Jeff Jackson always talked about like living off the phone he had till it died, but Nokia you could have forever. Oh, yeah. awesome. Um have y'all ever listened to the podcast Twenty Thousand Hertz? No. Um it's exceptional. Um, Hertz, it's from Hertz, like the rental car, H E R T. Yes, 
Well, more like the sound, but yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the general premise of this podcast is it's from the people who do 99% Invisible, which is also nice. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, uh, their premise is talking about sound, so sound in all sorts of different environments. And they were talking about the loss of experience that has happened because of digital music. Um, I'm sure y'all remember this. Mm-hmm. like going to stores and looking for an album that you wanted to have yeah. and you couldn't have it unless you found it. Yeah. Um, that there's something that's been lost there by the access of everything. And like, I'm not going to kid with y'all. I legit got emotional. Like I could feel my eyes tearing up. Like yeah. um, that was just a, uh, there's something to that, that, you know, and I, I think there's a philosophy forming here somewhere that like, if everything is here on your phone and it's digital, like what are we doing in that, that analog space? <laughs> like, yeah. because that's where, that's where human like life is, is in that analog space. And I don't know, maybe I'm sounding like a crazy person, but no, um, I have like high fidelity moments and uh, the empire record, like movie in my head. Now I was like, damn it. That those, those <laughs> movies were so ahead of the time. They knew it. Those movies couldn't be made now. Right, because like it, it'd be confusing to people. Yeah, yeah. or like, or like, even if my when my kids got of age to watch those movies, they're not gonna understand the context of them. Hmm. Like, they're not gonna know what like Empire Records was, or like, like why did this? What what's a record, and why do people have these stores of them? Like that context. And it was interesting. So my son, I was reading that this Curious George book. This is a couple years ago. So I'm reading Curious George, and on the front of the book was is the image of like firefighters. Well, like the original Curious George books are like really dark. <laughs> uh, I'm book, liking where this is going. Because <laughs> this, this, this book, like, he gets captured from an island. Um, I, I want to say he he tries to smoke a cigarette, and if not, the, the man in the yellow hat smokes a cigarette. That's amazing. He. he he gets in trouble because he called like nine one one or something like that, and he gets arrested. And he tries to like, he tries to get away from being arrested, and he falls and breaks his leg. So like the, the original Curious George books were like dark, but the, the the image of it was like when he was getting arrested. And it was like the police officer and a firefighter like had George and walking with him, and they have the phone in their hand, like what we would know as a like a rotary phone. But even like the next version of phones, like the push button, wasn't that much different than the rotary phone. My son looks at it and he's like, "What is that?" Like he had he had no clue what like we grew up with as a phone was that existed. Well, and this is, I I will say that's sort of why I think there's some element of old man yells at cloud because yeah. like things have a way of evolving and new technology has a way of happening, and like yeah, you you can't begrudging that is problematic but i think what concerns me the most is like if i if i if it was the i don't even know if this is the right era but let's let's say it's the mid 1800s and i bring home a phonograph right like i'm not going to take the phonograph with me to the park or take the phonograph with me um to my neighbor's house oh i might do that but like it would be an entertainment device that is anchored to a place 
this is the phone is not and it's like yeah. there's something very different about it and like the idea that you would be out with people you espouse as your friends or your colleagues and your first impulse is to pull out your phone it, that there's something there that's strange well also <laughs> your conversations as a kid you had it a phone were monitored so we don't know what people are texting to each other um as i say kids no like i mean k12 like there's some shit going down and like parents and teachers don't know because they don't see the secret text messages or why they ask their friend if they should post something on their Instagram and get approval so their friends will like it. Like there's stuff like that that we're not seeing happen. And this curmudgeon discussion reminds me of an article that um, there's a, there's an author. So we're all Gen Xers, um, age yeah. 35 to 55. So we fit, yep. we fit in that. I'm sub 40 still. Um, but it's essentially, we were the cynical and establishment kids, uh, yep. now approaching the forties and, and like throwing back to those analog pre-digital days. But it's also the group that asked questions about like, why are we doing like, that was the, um, the reality bites would come out there. People were like, we were darker thinking, we were like, no, this is probably not going to work. We weren't as optimistic. And so a few of us were on the cusp of that and maybe got influenced by the students, but now we're going back to our our roots of checks. And I think um, I'm going to stick with Copeland's uh, through of us that we keep thinking about um, what we're looking at and what we're analyzing and what we're doing, because I think that's the group that's going to help the two generations below us think deeper about things or before they get into bigger addictions or bigger issues or bigger problems to come. And I think that's very insightful. Or I really do. And um, I've been reading, uh, Y'all going to laugh at this, but the fourth turning that um, uh, it's if y'all did the uh, millennials book in graduate school, it's the same guy who wrote that. And it's about like how societies move forward. And one of the things he talks about is almost exactly what you said, that that generation that's right before the millennial will be the one who guides the millennials into doing the right thing, basically. Is it it Neil who wrote that book? Yes. uh, How? I think yeah, how and Strauss, but is it the know. American prophecy of what cycles? For that one, yes, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. But oh, interesting. Um, so it's interesting, Jeff, because like like I got married in my thirties, and then I, I would delayed we delayed having kids for a while, so I was like near forty before I like had kids. So now that my son's in school, like I'm I'm into like at the dividing line where like. Like my son, I'm a Gen Xer and I have kids in school and the other kids' parents are millennials. Hmm. Right. And so um, like it's going to be really interesting as they get older, like how we parent differently. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, so and how that and how that's going to kind of see it go forward. Well, do you notice that with that age group? Sort of a similar thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So we've... I don't know because I don't I don't know if we have looked at technology with kids the same as other parents or just how they communicate. I guess that's a good thing to think. Like you'd see that, like how they interact or maybe don't yeah. interact. Like, like you just built like, an awesome like platform uh, mailbox with your son. What do you think other kids came to school with? Oh yeah, so so my my, my wife is really crafty. <laughs> My wife is really crafty too. Like my kids, when they were my son was like four, he'd be like, "Mom, can we do an activity?" And which I don't think a lot of kids were asking hmm. that. And he means like an art 
activity. That's great. That's great. And we like he loves going fishing. He loves spending time outside. Like we try to limit screen time, and we really just started doing it this year. Like we didn't have tablets before this year because, like, once you start, you can't go back. Nope. And so, like, we delayed it as long as possible, and it it's used in the classroom now. So we wanted them to feel comfortable with it, but we don't. We limit the amount of time they have it, and so I don't know if a lot of other parents do that. I think a lot of parents are kind of like it's like a pacifier. Yeah, like you've seen people sit at restaurants and like all the kids have a device. So the one corner that's what we've walked by. We're like, oh my gosh, they're not. They should be talking. Like even if they're yeah. adults, there have them interact and talk. So we would never do that. Like so, so I I see a. I think I see a huge difference, but I don't know. Our our our, our friends are very similar. The friends we have is very, are very similar to us in kind of parenting styles, or at least our philosophy of like digital devices and the amounts of TV they watch. But I don't know if that's an age thing or just like a selection that's easier on us to have friends that <laughs> with similar parenting styles than others. Same values, yeah. Yeah. I actually proposed this idea at work that we had device-free events, and they were like, there will be a riot. <laughs> Which, yeah. I, wow. I, I understand what you're saying, Jeff, about not not wanting to be all about technology or student, geez, social media and technology are not the same thing necessarily, yeah. but I do think a lot of the reason that that has become such a cultural condition is social media. That's what people are looking at when yeah. they're looking at whipping that out. So, so it's interesting. The reason I've, con- I would, I've considered not having a smartphone, it's not that I don't want to use the technology. I just don't want it with me all the time. Right. Yep, so same. I want to be able, I want to be able to use some social media though. I don't, I'm not jumping into anything new with social media. Like I'm comfortable where I am. Yeah. I don't need, same. I don't need to learn new things. You can just take because, it off your phone. That's because it's probably going to go out of business anyway. And if it lasts a while, then I'll then I'll I'll look at it. Um, <laughs> Could you like remove the app, like Zotero or Mendeley or you know, like there's so many like great digital resources yeah. that I want to use. I just don't need to look at it if I'm at a light in traffic or right. like yeah. And so I, I just want to be able to like self like impose like a self ban, right? Like if I'm driving at a restaurant or whatever, um, like my, people could text me if they need to text me, but like I'm not necessarily going to be like just just like have the um, temptation to like constantly go and look at stuff online. Well, what you're talking about is boundaries, and right. that's that's really what the phone device is. Is it's like the end of boundaries. There's no boundary. Um, you're available all the time. You're accessible to all this crap all the time. And you know, <coughs> somebody said uh, on a podcast I was listening to, they were like, "You, uh, if you needed to know the 17th vice president of the United States, well, now you can just look it up." And I'm like, "Why would I ever need to know that?" <laughs> like you that know, fast. Right. It's just not necessary. And um, I, we had a discussion when we were driving back from that concert about like what would actually be necessary to have a device for. And I think emergency calls. Yeah. I really love the GPS functionality yeah. and having music and podcasts available is pretty in your pocket is great. 
The rest like, of it I can do without. I like the tracking for running because I don't always want to think about mapping my miles. And if I just want to go for a free run somewhere or somewhere do, new, I like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just so hard to draw those boundaries. It's, <laughs> it's like you need a hit. Um, I, I think that we'll never get the answer to this. And I think it's called like digital self-regulation is what we're talking about really, right? So... I don't know. I kind of, I don't check my phone a whole lot. So people are like, did you get my message? And I tell my students, like, I will answer you 24 to 48 hours. And since I've done that, like, so I work remote and I work online. Um, I could be available always, but I don't. And like, I think that's good. Like, it's good to block your time, block yeah. yourself. And they get really mad, but I've learned that when I don't answer them, and I have students like 18 to 65, so it's not just a generational thing. They want an immediate response, but then they go, oh, I read that, or it was in the syllabus. Oh, look at that. I just didn't read it. So they answer their own questions, or they troubleshoot, or they ask, yeah. like, I have a peer help to help, like, help area, which they don't think I read, but I do. It's, it's hilarious. But they give each other advice <laughs> um, out loud, like, I can't read it. This is so stupid. And they have a thread where they help each other, and, and I kind of like that, because right. instead of us doing all the work for people, or thinking we always have to be on, we could say, these are our boundaries. I'm not going to answer anything after, I tell them, like, after 6, 7 at night, I'm French. You might get a message from me, but I don't care. I'm not going to check an email for you. <laughs> I'm French. They have, a, they have a law. They actually have a law. You can't use it in France. Uh, you cannot use your device for work oh, after 6 p.m. Man, so that's great. Use it. European countries, man. Exactly. I need to go work over there. Exactly. Like when, when work is done, work is done. Yeah. Yes. They don't bring it home with them. No. They don't stress about it. They go home. I think that's the struggle for me is the stressing about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can avoid checking my email. I can't avoid thinking about it. Right. Really? Oh, when I tune out, like it's bad. When I go away for like a couple days, I'm like, I don't want to get back on at all. Like I don't check anything. I'm like, I'm in a pattern. I'm like, yes, I'm free. Like after spring break, Jeff, I had such a trouble coming back to work. I was like, I don't want to do any of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will tell you, I I went to the uh, UK. Uh, I guess it was two years ago now and had no 4G, no, like we didn't turn on the data plan or anyway, anything. Oh, it was wonderful. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Just kind of not even thinking about any work stuff, any being online, none of that. It was just, just a, a, a peace, peaceful time. That's great. So my doctoral program, we spent two weeks in the Netherlands studying nice. the Dutch education system. Which is pretty fantastic. But my cohort... That's raised indoctrinated and why he wants to become Dutch for yeah. anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. The Amstel's great. The waffles are amazing. The coffee's... The coffee. The coffee. So anyway. Good. Their anyway. football team is terrible, though. What happened? I don't know. I was there during the World Cup. So they were... So they had a bad. They had a great <laughs> run. Uh, that year, they had a good run. They're so, not going to qualify this time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but they got a new coach, though. That's... That's, I love it. So, um, my cohort, like I'm, I'm probably like the average age of my cohort, right? So some like people that kind of fresh out of their master's program, and people who have been professionals for like thirty years, right? So I'm probably like in the middle, and everyone was addicted to the Wi-Fi. <clears throat> Wherever we went, like, do you have Wi-Fi? Like someone, we had a meeting at the Parliament building. And the hay, 
and someone left the room to ask a random person in the office, is there Wi-Fi we can use? That's so depressing. And, and came back, <laughs> and I was like, I was so disappointed in my <laughs> in my classmates. And part of it's because I had T-Mobile and I had data wherever I went. <laughs> See, and you never had that when you traveled abroad. So that, that was, whole that experience being separated from home, that wasn't yeah. there either. Like study abroad means something different. And people couldn't turn their phones off either. Yeah. Like like they wouldn't put it on airplane mode. And so some people came back with like gigantic, gigantic bills for like data rolling. Yeah, I love when I go to Ireland because I don't actually get, I don't buy a data plan because I don't care. Um, so when we go visit family, I, yeah, I use Wi-Fi. I care if I'm working because I actually have to do my work apparently. Um, but if it's on like a break and just from December, whatever, 6th or 9th, my grades are in to January, whatever, I'm not checking anything. So it's great. So you can just live like a person and say, I'm going to meet you at this time and you just meet them and that's it. Not like five texts and yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all letting me get my rant on about, uh, <laughs> how we're all addicted to our phones. That's, that's really what I've been wanting to do. Hey, anytime you want to rant, Jeff, can you come back on? Bring us the article. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, Jeff, uh, Lael gave a couple good podcast recommendations. So if you haven't listened to 99% of Visibilia, and the other one was 20,000 Hertz. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, My recommendation, Jeff Jackson, do we talk about science versus? We have Hmm. not. Um, it's on the Gimlet media. So we're both lovers of Gimlet media for podcasts and it's pretty amazing. So it's talking about science to debunk different topics. So I'll give you some examples. Um, guns and gun controls, one attached parenting, fracking to, um, abortion to orgasm. So these are different topics related to science. And I like the host. Um, do you listen to this stuff? No. No, I listened to the first two episodes. I have not continued it. Do, do, why you don't like it that much? <laughs> well, I, 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 it's one of those things like he does he, not recommend. <laughs> I like it, but I can't listen to everything. Okay, yeah. so we listened to like a lot amount of like a large amount of podcasts, and I sent him a New York Times. Um, everyone's podcasting, but no one's pod listening, and I'm like, we are, but we have too much to listen to. <laughs> like. Like last night, so cereal is produced. The makers of cereal, which is also the makers of This American Life, I don't know how yeah. this like family is like unfolding. Created another podcast called S Town. Yeah, it just came out. It that. came out yesterday and dumped out every episode. Yep. Have you listened to it? No, not yet. I don't know. I don't even know the premise of it. It's I can't explain it to you. It's good because if I told you the premise of it. By by the by episode two or three, it changes. I don't know. Well, we'll let I, y'all listen. To, we'll put it in the notes. You let us know what you think. Um, it's about by the time by the time I edit this and yeah. you do the show notes and this comes out, people have already listened. That's <laughs> listened true. To it, and and we could talk about it. And you can leave us comments. Yeah, it's it's about a southern town. Isn't it about Alabama town? Yeah, a small town, in Alabama. I, I will say so for um, listening to so so with Chris Gilliard Gil- yep, Gilliard Gilliard Chris Gilliard I'm gonna have to edit this so Chris doesn't know I'm 
butchering his name. It's fine. Um, we talked a little bit about internet privacy. Uh, there's Reply All has done a great podcast about that recently, and there, there's an ongoing podcast because one of them has agreed to let the other one hack their phone. Mm-hmm. One to see how easy it is, and two to see like what they find in it, and that mm. is probably going to terrify me to like not have a smartphone. When which I was back. episode? I so have to catch up on some of those. To hack which, a smartphone. which uh, episode did they hack the phone? Um, it's the one where it is um, Matt goes to dinner. Okay, number ninety. Okay, cool. Yeah, because uh, Matt Lieberman, Matt, Matt, Matt let's just say Matt, uh, goes to dinner with um, Corey Corey Doctorow, and he talks to him about the law, the law which got a lot of press this week about uh, the government selling your data. Yeah, and um. So yeah, so that was that was the premise of it, and they talked they talked about hacking phones also. Why do I know that name, Corey Doctorow? Who is that? He's, he started Boing Boing. Yeah. Okay. He's been, he's been around. His name is familiar. Yeah, he's been around the internet for a while. Started Boing Boing. He's a he does like science fiction writing. He does a oh. lot of things. Um, I don't. He's kind of an internet advocate of a lot of ways. Um, he has a he has a a, a website called Craphound. <laughs> it's a solid name. <laughs> You're just doing Very that so I put crap hounds in the notes. Thanks. Done. Yeah. Jeff, I really want you to use this platform to get you look nice today to come back. God, that's disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. When did that I've stop? I've re-listened to the entire show. Really? Uh, did they do one last year? Uh, or just two years ago? I think it was two years ago, but you know Adam Lysagor is doing Cars.com commercials now. I know, which is weird. So, so and, and Merlin Mann's doing a, um, a different podcast um, called I don't Back have any, any idea how that guy makes money. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I've listened to this podcast, and I still don't know. Like, occasionally he gets asked to, like, go speak or something. That's got to be it. Yeah, but. All right. Yeah. Let's end this now.